Welcome to Guys We Fuck. The Anti-Slut Shaming Podcast. Yo, you haven't said I'm Christina Hutchinson. I'm Corinne Fisher. And I'm your boyfriend. Bring us your slutty, your horny, and your shame. Hey, you a slut? Yes. Okay. Let's talk about fucking. What up, fuckers? How you doing? This is the five... 100th episode of Guys We Fucked. Honestly, f- uh, just doesn't feel one over 499, I would say. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible what a journey, journey we've been on. What a fucking journey. 500 uh, episodes. Congratulations, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, Michael. Someone my, needs my to have say we grown? It. My Thank have you. we grown? I mean, yeah, su- seriously, congrats to us. I was I was reflecting a lot on on 500 episodes of Guys We Fucked the past couple days because I knew we were going to be recording this and I just, I mean, if you would have told 23-year-old me all the fucking things that was going to happen to me. Is that how old you were when we started? I may have been 24. Whoa. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, I was 20. No, I was 23. I was 23. Wow. Um, If you would have told 23-year-old Christina all the things that would have been, like, you're going to break up with Steven. You're going to find out your dad's not your biological father. You're going to stop talking to your parents. You're going to move to Brooklyn, which is, you know, good and bad stuff has happened. Um, and just you're going to go through like terrible depression. You're going to become obsessed with death and psychic mediumships. Like, wow. I just I would have been like, you're taking crazy pills. But here I am. Yeah. And for me, I would have been like you. you your idea for this was to uh, heal and make yourself better. And it's actually made your life significantly worse besides the money part. Um, right. So. You know, we all live. We all live and we learn. We yeah. live and we learn. Well, it's uh, <laughs> sorry. I don't mean to rub it in your face, but it's, I feel like it's made my life better. So thank you. Well, but that, for you, affording me that opportunity. I think when you have well, this is this is kind of what we've unpacked here. Uh, you know, when you have a bad childhood, you have nowhere to go but up. When you had a good childhood, <laughs> yeah, right. you have nowhere to go but down. So and I, and I learned that it's one of the biggest lessons we've learned here on yeah. Guys We Fuck. Yeah, it's, it's the uh, constant no through line man. of this it's season. It's really cleared. <laughs> Uh, everything up but also then you go you know if you you know if I knew then what I know now no one with a nice childhood needs to pursue fame it's the dumbest idea there's Mm -hmm. no healing properties in it because yeah. there, you know, there's there, there's nothing. There's nothing. You're not trying to make up. having parents that like right. you. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, your so parents you, are already proud of you. Yeah, it, it, I go. What am I? What What is this? What? I don't know what the point of this is. Right. 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 Yeah. Me, not really. Meanwhile, any. I'm getting a lot of value from it. So you know, it's this. We've learned a lot on this podcast. You know, if it's not fully erect, it cannot go in. Mm-hmm. Mm. No grown man wants to be your friend. Yep, yep, yep. And if you had a bad childhood, it's going to get a little better at least. And if you had a good childhood. I guess oof. it could go the same. I, I guess it could plateau. Get, could, yeah, it could like plateau if you had a bad childhood. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if you had a good childhood and then, you know, you expose yourself to the world uh, in, in the ways that we have. You get feedback from a lot of people with a bad childhood. You know what? Also, something that I've been learning as, as the Internet goes on and on. It's like I was like scrolling through Instagram last night and I was like, man, a lot of people with like inaccurate or uh, information or just absolutely dumb ideas mm-hmm. come into my brain quite often because of accounts that I follow. And I'm like, just be like careful about the kind of stuff you're intaking online because yeah. just because someone says it comes confidently doesn't mean it's like at all correct so true there's a lot of dumb 
pop culture therapy on fucking Instagram. <sighs> and they and don't it have, is they don't have a, They don't have a Chad to fact check it. So they but can it, just say whatever the fuck they want. It's also things like therapy accounts. There's no real fact checking you can do because right. it's also like people it's making theories. up names and like excuses for just bad behavior. Right, right, yeah. right. And I, I, I don't think they're like, this is why, you know, I follow also like a lot of OCD accounts and like they'll blame things on OCD that have nothing to do. <laughs> you know with what? OCD. I've, I've realized absolutely nothing. I've noticed the same thing with childhood trauma. I'm like. There's a difference between having childhood trauma, learning about yourself, understanding it, and then healing yourself. There's a th- between that and then making it your identity. Yeah. No one needs to make it their identity. Okay? We can just we can heal ourselves and then we move on to something else. Yeah, that's just the one chicken that I follow. I'm I, I go, every moment of your day must be about having obsessive compulsive disorder because yeah. this is completely out of hand. Talk yeah, about that's crazy. obsessive. Yeah, it's like she's a she's obsessed with having obsessive compulsive well, we, disorder. And we, I go, that's counterproductive. Yeah. <laughs> We do really need to be mindful of the diet of media that we're taking in. And I one of the things that I'm proud of with Guys We Fucked is I feel good putting something fucking good out into the ether that's like, you know, ref- self-reflective and, and um, you know, just grounding a grounded conversation in a world that's just fucking insane. Well, yeah, even with this show, when people, you know, are, you know, will be like, oh, this is my Bible. It's like, oh, well, OK, they, they should have multiple no sources sh- that yeah. you're taking from. Like, if you are, are agreeing with everything we say, you don't have a mind of your own. You yeah. Know? yeah. Well, this is based on our own personal experiences. So obviously there's like. I like when a lot of people hear this a lot like I don't always agree with everything you say but I like the show and that's I that's I like that good you shouldn't agree with everything I say yeah it's like should be mostly everyone's relationship with anything that they find appealing I agree I agree uh so welcome to the 500th episode guys we're so excited if you're a luminary subscriber thank you we appreciate you and just so you know you get two extra bonus episodes of guys we fuck fuck per month with a luminary subscription and you could subscribe right on apple Podcasts. so uh and i highly recommend it because god damn do they have some fucking good podcasts and you know we're not just saying that because we don't fucking do that okay we've had a lot of ad reads that i had to have corinne do because i couldn't you know i'm gonna i'm gonna stop talking um <laughs> so yeah if you want to write us uh it's sorry about last night show at gmail.com you know the address um and then and then also new york comedy festival it's coming up there's a a bunch of shows that you need to go to next week starting on tuesday tuesday november 8th uh i am doing a midterm elections watch along at the doped up comedy club at 66 greenpoint avenue so please get tickets to that the link is in my bio on instagram i'm at philanthropy gal and then thursday thursday november 10th at 7 p.m. Vaughn DiCarlo and I are co-headlining a show at New York Comedy Club, the East 24th Street location. It's called 30 is the New 60. Links, uh, link for tickets is in also in my Linktree bio and on my website. And then later that evening at 10 p.m. on Thursday, November 10th, Corinne and I are doing a live recording of Guys We Fucked with special guests. And one of them is going to be Mikey Big Dick Don Coscarelli. Hey! He's going to be there. This is our first live performance of the podcast with you. Wow. Yeah, oh, I yeah. know. So it that's really going to be very exciting. Yeah. And we're, we'll do the love bucket for sure. Got to do the love bucket. Love bucket. It'll yeah. be so fun. And it's a nice intimate space at the Midnight Theater. So make sure you get tickets to that because, mm-hmm. um, you know, as soon as we start promoting it, it will sell out. Yes, and absolutely. Then, I guess we're starting And we now. started it now. We start so starting now. We're get starting your fucking tickets. <laughs> six days in advance. Yeah, Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Is when we're really starting to push it. We but, love to cut things close. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just make sure. Just make sure you go. Um, all right. And if you want to email us, it's sorry about last night's show at Gmail. 
gmail.com. This subject line is my new boyfriend has depression. Ooh. I mean, that's I'm sure that's what you attra- attracted you to him in the first place. And that's on you, girlfriend. Uh, hey, Corinne and Christina, I'm writing to you because of some odd events that took place this morning. Oh, I've been seeing this guy for about three weeks now. Okay, How is he so already your boyfriend? Oh, come on. Oh, come on. This is boyfriend. insane. He has been basically perfect so far. It's three weeks. Everyone's perfect. Are you kidding me, bitch? For the first three weeks of the Holocaust, everyone was like, this Hitler guy's not so bad. I think he has some good ideas. Um, And I was getting super excited. He slept over last night, and when we woke up, we started fucking around. He went down on me, and I finished hot, and then mid over the shorts dick grab i noticed a lot of new cutting and scars on his thighs run um i have seen him naked plenty of times but i hadn't noticed the cutting or understood that it was until now he has made some vague i'm depressed type comments a couple times but i guess i just assumed it was a joke under control not a big deal Okay. People always tell you who they are. The mood was completely killed by me, and I almost immediately started crying. Oh, that's so sweet. You have empathy. Unfortunately, a couple years ago, I lost a very close friend of mine to her battles with depression. Mm. She was the closest thing I had to a sister. Well, I mean, this this explains the gravitational pull. Uh, and when she died, it absolutely destroyed me. I had no idea she was suffering. Mm. Uh, he knows about this, and he was hugging me and apologizing, and it honestly just made me cry more. I had to leave, so this didn't last super long. I texted him later, apologizing for killing the mood and reacting how I did. He responded, telling me that he understands and he was sorry I had to find out this way and that I had no reason to apologize. Okay. At this point, I don't know what to do. He is literally wonderful, but we have incomplete compatible trauma slash baggage. I want him to be able to open up to me, but I feel like it is just going to bring up painful memories and emotions for me every time. I don't think I am ever going to be able to look at his cuts and scars without losing it. You will. I am normally very in control of uh, my emotions. This is just the one thing I cannot handle. Is this a deal breaker? Please help me. As much as I like him, my gut is telling me to run because I don't want to go through pain like that again. Mm. Love you both and all you do, a fucker. Look, we are going to get triggered and traumatized until the day we die, pretty much. And I actually think being triggered is a beneficial experience because the the more you can be with yourself and let yourself grieve and let yourself have that reaction, give yourself space, over time, the less it will affect you. So I just want to throw that out. Well, there. I would agree with you if these were old scars, but these are new things he's actively cutting. Yeah. And I, to, I just I know people who cut and um, they don't want to kill themselves. They just want to feel something. And so I don't know. It's, I just think starting a, a new relationship with someone who's actively that deep into uh, self-harm is like, yeah. I don't think he should be in he's a relationship. In good, but, like as Dan Savage says on his podcast, not in good working order right now to be a partner, to be somebody's partner or to receive partnership from somebody which is okay but it's an opportunity to you know it's there's sometimes issues pop up in relationships as they're blossoming as they're beginning to become a thing and you're going towards that are we exclusive or however you know deal set up you want to have in your relationship where you kind of take stock and go is this person in good working order right and 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 some issues I think you can help each other with but other issues I think it's important that the person handles this solo and it seems like this might be one of those issues for him to just really get a hold on. I don't know. I can never tell with this. With depression, I always feel, and I, I think I'm too close to the subject too. Uh, so 
I don't know. Is this something that you would want to help somebody with? It's you're, such a no. new relationship. You're, you're three weeks. Three you're weeks three in. Week, you're no. three weeks in. I mean, number one, this is like obviously a super, um, you have a, such a personal relationship with this because you lost someone. And to me, this is just like walking fucking straight into the ocean the way women always do. It's like, he's so wonderful, but I'm going to put up with this very fucking huge thing. It's going to stress this, you out. And this is not to like, this is not to like, you know, dispose of people who um, suffer from depression or... Or, or self-harm or saying that they are not worthy of love and affection in the best absolute relationship. Yes, 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 yes to all those things. But to me, especially because you are the fucking heterosexual woman in this relationship, the reaction that you had to this um, right out of the gates was like so uh, overly, um, uh, not overly emotional, it was just so emotional because you are, you know, obviously so affected um, by this because um, your your friend who you were so close to took their own life only a couple of years ago. Um and, and and also, I just think like if you if you know you're gonna get naked and you know that you have these scars on your body, it, it's a little bit uh, irritating to me that he didn't say anything about that, especially yeah. because you that. have already shared um, how much this um, loss of your friend hurt you, um, and not that you know people have to you know pave the way to make every step of your life smooth when you're in a relationship together. That's a heads up you could have gotten. It, 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 to me, it's like a little fishy. This is just so. This is so. This is just so much to walk into. And I mean, the fact that the fact that you're writing us this letter again, three weeks in, it's a huge thing. Three weeks in. Um, and I think it's something that maybe you guys could rekindle later on. But I think if you keep going now, it's going to sell. Uh, it's going to implode. Whereas, and be codependent, whereas if you tell him, listen, I think you're fantastic. Um, I don't want you to think that I am not. I am, you know, leaving you in a time when you're obviously going through something very heavy. Um Maybe even offer to be a friend throughout this process, but just like I cannot have you, like I cannot be working towards a relationship with you when you have so much work to do on the relationship that you have with yourself. And I think that's like a really um, nice way to be direct. And also, I mean, God, it's kind of fucked up. With, but with stuff like this, I think like I think especially men, like not that you give people an ultimatum with depression, but I think like you have to be like. You have to fix. You have to fix this about yourself yeah. if you want the reward of he a has, relationship. Yeah, he has to be proactive about his own self care. And it took it took me a long time to realize that just because you have depression doesn't mean you're a bad parent. You can be a good parent with depression. There's examples of it all over. You can be a good partner with depression, but part of that is being able to manage your mental health symptoms and take care of yourself first and foremost, so that so that you can function in the world. Yeah, so this is heavy. You know, I'm sorry. And I, and I think just like have a really like just open conversation with him about it. Because I, I just, I don't want him to feel abandoned. But ultimately, um, and again, especially in heterosexual relationships, it's so often women putting the emotional needs of, of, them, uh, of the other, of the partner ahead of the emotional needs for themselves. And like, you just don't need to go through this yeah, right now. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself, girl. Sorry that happened, but. Best of luck with that situation. Thanks for writing us. And if you haven't rated and reviewed Guys We Fucked on Apple iTunes podcast charts, please follow us. Click the plus sign. Give us a rating and a review because that keeps us in the top 200. And it allows more people to discover Guys We Fucked. And maybe we'll do 500 more episodes. We're not. But, you know, maybe we'll do more episodes. We'll be 50. (laughs) We'll be approaching 50. Wow. Uh, Can you imagine? <laughs> no. Honestly. I mean, that honestly could be a very interesting show. Yeah. It's a show for two women who don't know it yet. Yeah. 
Right, right, right. But I'm like, oh, what, what, what? There's so much that has happened in my. Oh my god, gentlemen, so we screwed. Yeah, that's that's the <laughs> gentlemen we courted. Yes, I'm just like, what the fuck's gonna happen in the next ten years? Oof, I don't even. I gotta not think about it. It is scary to think about. It's just wild how ten years. unpredictable my life has unfolded. I just never would have thought. I just, I'm so, sh- I'm shocked by it. To be honest, I just can't. Just so many things that I didn't think were gonna happen has happened. <laughs> If you're not following us on social media, what the fuck's your problem? We're at Guys We Fucked Without the You and Fucked on all platforms. That includes motherfucking TikTok and YouTube, okay? Mm-hmm. And we're putting a lot of work into the TikTok and YouTube. And Grin's getting a lot of knowledge on this fucking algorithm shit. We had a good presence. So um, support us. And it's a free way to support the show. And we appreciate you. And also right now, there's there's now officially three um, ex- YouTube exclusive episodes that we live stream that live yes. only on YouTube that you have to go to YouTube uh, to watch those. So make sure to check those out. We've been mm-hmm. doing one per month for the yes. last three months. Yeah. The last Wednesday of every month. And you can call in to the show we have a fucking phone number and you can text us and you can call us and it's really fucking fun even so. my guy friends watch it how supportive of them oh that's so nice they like calling shows yeah that's so nice yep 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 that's how you know it's good how are you uh you know i'm fine uh i was uh well there's a lot happening in, in the in the universe mm. um most most importantly obviously is that uh giselle uh Bunchen and uh tom brady and tom brady uh ah. they're they final or they're they're you know they're getting divorced it's it's really happening we kind of knew this was happening and it's been interesting because my mom, uh, you know, avid listener uh, of Guys We Fucked, actually sent me an article and she was like, Giselle got sick of dimming her light. And she was like, read the last paragraph of this article. Um, and it's and it's Giselle's, you know, kind of reasoning on why mm. uh, she was fucking done with it. Um and here, let me go to the the part that's really, really, really. OK, so uh, she had a, you know, she was interviewed and she said, uh, after years of supporting Brady and tending to her family, now it's going to be my turn. That was her quote. I've done my part, which is to be there for him. I moved to Boston and I focused on creating a cocoon and a loving environment for my children to grow up in and to be there supporting him and his dreams. And so she did all that. And then basically, like, she's fucking done. It's time for her to live her life. Nice. And um, my mom was kind of commenting on like how sad that is that someone like as famous and accomplished can still get you know stuck in the same rut that we see so many women um, get stuck in. And uh, I, I'm happy that she's talking about it publicly, and I hope that she continues to speak on that publicly, especially with someone who has like kind of a, a career where you have to move a lot, uh, like like an athlete. You just basically like whatever team takes you, you're moving to that fucking city, oh, right. and a lot of those cities. I feel like movement. A lot of those cities well, suck. for models, though. Like what? For models, no Tom though? Brady. Well, Brady, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. has to move athlete. to wherever he gets drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's not moving around for modeling anymore. She means her her prime modeling career was over obviously yeah but he so he he uh he was in new england the whole time i mean boston's not new york obviously or la or whatever but uh, yeah i mean exactly to 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 be a famous person to have to live in boston kill me yeah but she didn't move they didn't move (laughs) shout out to boston she like she didn't when he went to tampa bay she didn't follow him right but i mean most most people are following but for her kids to see their dad they have to at least visit it's not like uh you're 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 the 
the lifestyle is depending on where he's at more yeah. than when she's yes. at. Yeah, she he is in the wrong. And I think I think even sports fans are just like, why did you do this, man? Wait, he's in the wrong how? Well, so everyone knows he fucked up in marriage, it's his fault. Well, it, so Tom just Brady, by being being in football or Well, like, so so football specifically as a sport is this like highly demanding right. uh uh physically. Uh, commitment. Yeah. Well, not even physically, it's just like your time. You're you have it's a 17-week season, you spend every waking minute Especially when you're uh, somebody, a quarterback, mm-hmm. you have to do so Be much studying. With it. Yeah. Yes. So the problem is, and there were these reports. He has this obsession, Tom Brady, Which of is being why the greatest, good. right? And he is undoubtedly the greatest quarterback of all time. Sports fans, football fans, all admit it. It's already in the books. He's already yeah. the best. Everybody at the cost of his marriage and right. family. So here's the thing: there were all these reports about him when they were still obviously married, where he would go on vacations with the family, and he would have to throw for like an hour a day on vacation. Mm. Like mm-hmm. he couldn't take a break. Um, mm. And he re- announced his retirement this year in the offseason. Uh, good timing. Uh, yeah, no, sure. no, 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 no. And then no, he no. went back because he, he, co- he couldn't handle not being right. in the spotlight. So there oh. were so there's a few things going on. There's a chance he was involved in a scandal, an ownership scandal with the Miami Dolphins, where I think that there may have been he may have had to actually come out of retirement to like fulfill a contract uh, mm. that he had signed with Tampa Bay. And I don't know the full details on that, um, but that's in play. But. When he came out of retirement, there were all these sort of rumors that him and Giselle were going to get divorced because Giselle had reportedly sort of given him the ultimatum. Like, yeah, you're either done and you actually finally start committing to this relationship. Be here. Yeah. Right. This and, is after 13 years of marriage. This is right. not like it was like three years and she got tired of, you right. know, the pigskin. She was a good soldier for as long as, right. as she needed to be. And uh, she was also what, out What a painful him. description uh, of, of a wife. Of a, of a wife. And it's interesting. No, no, it's a description of somebody that sacrificed. Yeah. That's that's what I mean. Absolutely. Like somebody who's I just totally like, I'm, I'm not, I'm going to put my thing on hold. You do your thing for a while then it will be my turn and she just wants to finally do her thing yeah so you know well it was interesting because there was actually um one of the reviews that we recently got was from um an angry wife and uh who, oh on guys yeah who you you know i guess who, who got mad you know has maybe stopped listening to i can't remember the exact storyline but like maybe like stopped listening to the show because of uh you know in her opinion the way we speak about uh, you know wives or you know mothers is disparaging and i'm like that's y- y- really you're, you're you're no it's because obviously like she deep kind of in her heart feels that yeah. same way about it and is we projecting it on her. us and I'm like yeah. that's absolutely not how we feel about it I'm actually super careful um, on this show to speak about um, motherhood and and wifehood even though there's things that I'm not particularly interested in um, with respect because I think what feminism is is respecting other women's choices to live the life they want what I can never respect is someone who pushes their dreams aside to highlight a man's dreams because I don't think anyone's dream is to not have a dream Okay, that's my argument is that I don't think I don't think anyone I don't think anyone growing up is like when I grow up, I want to help a guy that I've never met achieve his dreams. That's what I would like to do. I don't think anyone fucking does that. Ain't no Disney movies about that. And so even if we're going back to, you know, very traditional roles and your dream uh, and truly what you want to do is to um, be an incredible uh, mother and wife and like create a home home space. That is an an admirable 
goal if that's what you fucking want to do. Um, but I just don't think in 2022, that's very many people's, especially not people listening to this show. I don't think that's very many people's uh, mm-hmm. dreams. And if it is more power to you, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about uh, con- to continually like question if you're happy with your, um, you know, with where you are in your life and to make sure that your whole existence is not catering to the heterosexual man that you feel chose you because he didn't it could have been fucking anyone and we know that and if you don't i mean that's not even like up for argument at this point could have been fucking anyone cosmic joke the thing the thing that i find particularly interesting personally about the, the brady situation in like in general specifically because in the nfl it seems like most of the people that end up in the league are more kind of conservative so there do happen to be more situations where it is kind of like a traditional breadwinner with a, a, a man and wife situation where the wife kind of stays home and plays with the kids and does all this stuff that you know um, a homemaker does yeah. right right Just raising a family also but, if you guys are old enough talk talk to your friends who say if you have a friend who stays at home and hang, hangs out with the kids all day and then come back to me and tell me about their mental health and how it's changed over the years i would i would bet you a million fucking dollars it's not okay but okay, so here ahead. here's part of the the issue with this is that you know not all but they're you know if you are at a certain level, if you're a starting player in the NFL or even like a like a high, well-paid backup, you make a lot of money. So in that case, it in my mind, it's sort of the the dynamics of it work because money is not an option. Mm-hmm. So it uh, or an issue rather. So it's sort of like it it makes it a little more. Uh, there's more of a cushion for someone to just be at home and like let the person who's making more money in this situation kind of like do their thing for maybe ten years if you're really lucky. Yeah, you know. In Tom Brady's case, he's been in the the NFL for 20-something years at this point. He's 45 Jesus. years old. Everybody Ancient. says that he's the best. Uh, and he just has the end. The other factor is that Giselle actually out-earns him. So there, Are you even, serious? Yes, Giselle out-earns Hell Tom Brady. yes, bitch. So yes. everybody, even, like, in the sports world, everybody has this How is she happening. still out-earning him? How? I think what? she has money. Like residuals all, of something? And, or and stops? Makeup lines, I would oh, assume. Maybe she's like smarter products. I didn't realize she had a makeup line. Interesting. I don't know if she has a specific makeup line, I but I think bo- she I'm has s- her money and her brand involved in all, Jesus. Like, other things that make money. The amount of money that famous athletes get paid is just so astronomical. That's incredible to learn. I did not know that. So it doesn't usually play out like this where he isn't even the breadwinner in the situation Jesus. And he can't give He's it trying up. to get away from her yeah and everybody in is just way. like why can't you stop yeah like you're you're 45 your kids are almost like i think they're late teens oh okay. i think they're almost 18 wow and he can't stop it's like it's like this obsession that he can't get over mm. and it's even wilder because giselle is in a lot of ways financially more successful than he is. Mm. Wow. And that never happens in these situations. Hey, he just got obsessed with something or maybe yeah. he loves the adoration. You know, I, yeah. I mean, fame is pretty intoxicating and to be an athlete and to perform well is exciting to be good at what you're doing and to be one of the best has got to be so addicting. Totally. Like, why would you throw that away in, in a sense? But it, to him, it's like he doesn't think at the cost of my family until it happens. Oh, until and it, it's done, yeah. It's from she has a bunch of multi-million dollar contracts with Pantene, Chanel, Victoria's Secret, Carolina Herrera, um, wow. and partnerships with companies like Arezzo Shoes and Sky TV in her native uh, Brazil. So She's also rich. a New York Times bestselling author with her book, Lessons My Path to a Meaningful Life. Hilarious title. Yeah, that um, is. <laughs> <laughs> the well, most hey, basic she, bitch title I've ever heard. Lessons. Oh, 
truly hilarious. Well, she's living by her truth now. Um, wow, 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 wow. Okay. Isn't that crazy though? She mm-hmm. makes more money than he does. Wow, I, I love that. I never would have guessed that in a million years. That's well, awesome. Yeah, and then, uh, but also like everyone needs a, a, a purpose outside of the home, and I mean, I think that's yes. why that's you know they even they even throw the president's wife a little job. They, right. Yeah, you can. Like, you I can think fix there is the schools. Yeah, like they 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 always like there's a, I think there's like a true reason why they they decided like we should give the president's wife a little job give right. a little task number one they probably didn't want bitches meddling that's number one they didn't want bitches meddling and you know they learned that the hard way they sure did they learned that the hard way so like, Eleanor get out of my office what get are you doing get Kennedy's wife why out of here why have nothing else to do they were like what do you expect <laughs> they're like this Easter egg the fuck else wasn't crafts. time yeah. <laughs> oh we get to pardon a turkey goody <laughs> oh my god and then all yeah, and, and all you know and they and they, everyone needs a sense of purpose. You can't just be walking around the White House. I mean, that's just like asking for like, you know, secrets to be spread. Right, 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 right. Fucking members oh, I of was the, the president's security. Wife, I would just be hiding under the curtains. Just find out if aliens is real, even though they are. But I just want to like hear it, you know. I feel like you could have you. You, could you would not have access to, to the, those rooms. Ah, <laughs> if I was dusting while they, they were meeting, they, they but the give president you the B, B has, level key. The president has access, and, and then I'll get it from his pocket. Well, just, yeah, that's and different. then you could be like, "Hey, well, can first, you like check on something?" Yeah, right, yeah. right, 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 right. That's a hundred percent what I do. I gotta meet. Okay, I gotta meet a future president. Um. Yay. Um. So yeah, that's one of it. And then I well, and then I also in my spare time I've been making a list of um uh, occupations. It seems that you can have if you want to be married to a, a successful man. So as a woman, <laughs> these are threat uh, occupations that are like cool but not threatening enough. Um. Right. So <clears throat> one is anything with food. Obviously not eating, but um anything with food like home <laughs> baker, cookbook uh-huh. author. These are things that are um, great. Stylist, makeup artist, hairstylist, any of those are fine. Uh, a jewelry maker, but not an actual jeweler, because right. that's for Two men. Totally different yeah. things. Um, some kind of like vintage uh, clothing curator that always works. Like if you have your own collection, so it's like like you have a store, but you're not designing anything. Um, mm-hmm. A very small business owner, like um, candles. How small? Candles. <laughs> Like with the, with the wooden wick. You can have a brick and mortar, but you should be able to kind of clearly see all four walls from one position in this. Like a boutique. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. a it's a boutique. You're there yourself. You got to steam the clothes. Right. Um. Anything about being a mom, as long as you do it from your house where you're actually being a mom. Like, so you can like write a blog about it or like a screenplay about being oh, a mom. Oh, right, right, But then right. you also, also have to be being a mom. A day right. in the life. Um, like so that's, like a, that's kind of a twofer. Uh. Ilaria, you mean. Yeah, anything with bad. flowers, <laughs> anything with flowers, whether they're dead, mm. alive, you're arranging them, you're putting them into like the, uh, you know, the, you're the pouring them into thing. the mold. Yes, anything like that. Make a bookmark. Make a bookmark. Um, and then anything to do with uh, tie dyeing t shirts and dresses. And that's the list that I have right now. Anything else you've. You're fucked. You're, you're, you're. You chase your husband away. Wild with power. Yeah. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself, lady. Mm-hmm. The fuck's your problem? I, and if anyone yes, selfish bitch. has anything else yes, to. Yeah, selfish bitch. You know, add to that. Please let me know because I'll be, I'm going to have a master list in my phone. So oh, babysitting. Uh, run a daycare out of your house. Oh, I, I was like, babysitting. Yeah, I was like, what is it, a teen bride? No, like a lot of moms have like, right. run daycares out of the house. It's like, well, I got to watch these two kids. Might as well watch like 10 other kids. Absolutely. That's totally allowed. You're in the house. They know, everyone knows where you are. Yeah. You're doing mom Safe. stuff. Do we, yeah. do we not Safe. consider like the, the blanket 
PR job, a marketing job. Uh, That's like the, you're, getting, you're getting a little big, big for your breakfast there. Much, you territory, Who are you around? Are you wearing a short skirt? <laughs> are you drinking around other men? What are you yeah. doing? Can't do that. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, but then nope. Mm-mm, it seems like it's the standard job of women in like Kips Bay. Maybe Murray some Hill. kind of like they a, all majored in communications. Right. Yes, but uh, hmm. I would say like a wedding planner, but kind of wedding planners are notoriously single. That's like the irony of being a wedding planner. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So I don't know. Too busy planning other people's weddings. Yeah, again, it's just a master list that I just keep, I refer to anytime I I start dreaming. Um, and I say just rein it back a little bit. Well, I, in honor of our 500 episode, I wanted to ask you, I, I was thinking of mine, like, what are the top, I was thinking, like, what are my top sexual encounters of my sexual career thus far that I've had that I'm like, oh, God, all the best good. ones I've never even talked about on this show. <laughs> nice. Well, I have. And I got to say, I was, I was thinking back on them. Fucking, a th- well, this was before the show, but I had a three-way with two male models and it just mm-hmm. happened au naturel. And they were fucking hot and i'm like good for me christina i enjoyed it but i was a little scared so because i was so young um but that was really fun and then flying a porn star in from california to fuck me and this hot guy that i was currently fucking uh good for me i mean jesus christ we're really we really practice what we preach here on guys who fucked you know like get out there be bold about pursuing your own sexual pleasure um and then and then the third one was uh was just this sex club, taking a girl to a sex club with my partner at the time and then bringing her home and then all doing a three-way. And I'm like, damn, I've had, I gotta say, there's been ups and downs in my life, but I've always made sure that I've had some good sex. And I love, I had sex this morning. I'm like, sex is the best. I could have sex all day. I won't, but like, because I got other stuff to do, but I just love sex. I just really do. Perfect show for you. Yeah. yeah. yeah right. I know. I just, I genuinely am like, guys, sex is, sex can be so great. It can be so fun. I mean, that's I mean, big topic in the world. Yeah. yeah, lots of things ruined ruined over sex. A lot of people risk so a lot much. Of things Wars, a lot, of, a lot yeah. of careers, a lot of money. Institutions get taken down. Yeah, full, yeah. full governments. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, mo- most of my sex is more like the the what makes it good is like that. It was like someone I really shouldn't be having sex with. Mm. Not like not like a not naughty. Like, not like morally or ethically um, wrong, just like a person, like their place in the world and my place in the world don't match, like a mm. Romeo and Juliet kind of thing. That's the best. Or like someone that mm. like I was like kind of like pining over for a long time privately. <sighs> the it's energy like, around it's that like is revealed fun. that they feel the same way about me that I feel about them. So that was one that was really, really good. Um uh, you know, where they just like grab you and it's like, I've been in love with you for years. I and I go, amazing. Years. That's so great. Um, Yay, we're both here. And uh, yeah, so those are the, that's like the kind of, it's it's not, it's more like the who than mm. like the how or the what for mm. me. Got that's it. like the enticing uh, part of it. Yeah, nice. Yeah. How about you, Mikey? You want to share one of yours? Yeah, well, uh, the, I think the, Probably the hottest experience I ever had was with uh, a woman that was older than I was. Oh, uh, you were telling me this on my birthday. Yeah, How much yeah, older? Yeah. Um, I believe she was about 10 years. I think I was 25 Hell and yeah. she was 35. Yes. And she picked me up. She after, was an elderly. Nice. Yeah. I mean, she was st- she's still. I mean, we I we don't keep in touch, but I, I follow <laughs> you her. Don't? She has a husband. <laughs> she has a husband now. But yeah, Damn. she's still gorgeous. She's in her 40s. And uh, she's like, but she was. Super hot. She picked me up after a, a show at the Village Lantern when I was still nice. stand up. Nice. And it was just this very sort of. You need a ride, of, kid? 
Yeah, it was. It kind of was like that. She just got over Robinson. a breakup, but the she situation was down on her luck. It, Mike told me. The story. Yeah, she was down on her luck. And she picked me. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "That looks like the perfect rebound for me. One night, perfect. Uh, that's a, you're a good rebound." <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And it, I, she lived in the West Village. We just walked back to her apartment, and she was kind of like peacocking with me because I was Ooh. 25 and very hot. Yeah. You know? And I remember she. I told Corinne that when we had dinner, she walked past a bunch of um, gay guys that were sitting in like on the the stoop of her apartment. And they were all just like, ooh, you got a good one, girl. Like, oh, yeah. The whole such, And then the sex was great. Uh, nice. After the sex. She, Took her to Pound Town. Yeah, but Did the whole. You, were, you, were, you an, um, were you the main activator in the sex that you had or was she? Like, you know, like y- you fuck or get fucked. Yeah. In I, a way. I, it's funny. I, so we, I remember having sex twice that night with her. And I think the first time I was the, the one activating it more. Oh, you switched it. I love that. But the, the second best. time, yeah, I feel like Let's she. Let's see about this dynamic. Right. I think it was initiated more by her and more aggressively by her the second time. Wow. Um, and I wanted to like do this again, but it never happened. Um, now, and, here's a question every yeah. employer can't ask their employee. True. Was she surprised at how big your cock is? <laughs> Wait, you didn't think she was going to ask that? Uh, no, I didn't think she was going to ask that. I, I think because there... it feels like it's big enough where like there would be some kind of like auditory or visual re- response as someone who's seen a photo of it, <laughs> um... and whose boyfriend at the time did not like her response. <laughs> oh, jealous! <laughs> Jelly roll really did not like it. Like Jelly. it was we that we uh, we talk, had to talk about it. That Maybe night. if you had a bigger <laughs> dick, you want another reaction. I I would well, say he, has a, he had a completely like. Good dick, right? Which is so it's we. It was weird. I was like, this is just like a is like belongs, dick. belongs right. in a museum, right? 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 Well, we can't all be a town. Some Ron Jeremy, yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah, yeah. But you got the full head of hair. Uh, so I don't know if there. I can't really remember the specifics. Um, it just you know everywhere. It's just you know so many jaws have dropped to the floor that he can't keep track. Well, I just remember when I, my first girlfriend. I always was love in when I take my shirt off and they see my boobs for the first <laughs> and time. And they're I'm just like, like oh shit! I'm like, yeah, yeah goddamn right, baby. I, I remember my first girlfriend in college. Um, do you remember when that show Hung was on TV? Oh yes, I do. So we were in the city once. I was twenty, and we were still we were just my girlfriend like from from New Jersey when I was in college, and we were in the city once hanging out, and the, a bus went by with Hung on the side of it. And she goes, oh, look, it's your show. <laughs> nice. Sweet. Mike loves so, that. He matches nice. yeah. to that moment. I Like, I knew at 20, I guess, that it was like, you know. A schlong. So I, I, it's hard to, like, remember exactly, like, who did what. But I remember with this woman specifically, there was this you, kind of you've weird. You remain so humble, Mike. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, what, what can I say? <laughs> Before he answered How your specific question, he had to go through the, through the whole Rolodex. That's a long sexual history. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do remember this very kind of weird conversation with her that uh, and I found it weird because I wanted to hang out, like see her again. Um, but this is the older woman we're back. The to? older woman. Yeah. yeah. Um, the older woman who's two years younger one. than me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was 25. Was 10 years, you know? <laughs> um, there was this conversation at some point in the night where she was just like, she's like, you, you, you know, when you uh, like when you are 30, like when you're in your 30s, you're going to be like such a a catch and like some woman is gonna <laughs> that was a nice way of saying yeah, wow you're that's not weird yet. actually was, well yeah. yeah it kind of you're kind not a catch of, right. yet honey but it was kind of like but I, I used to say stuff like that uh, about dylan on this show like i I've, i said many times when we were talking about him like you are gonna be an incredible boyfriend one day well this was the thing but it's though. just like you can't you're not gonna you don't have the 
you don't have the capacity. emotional uh, yeah. intelligence to be the you know a partner t- you know to a a, a person in their th- a woman especially in their thirties at right. that age. Well, I, I, it's I found it that particular one interesting because it was postcoital. We weren't on a date. We weren't at dinner. We weren't like you know we were yeah, literally you just got fucked. We were laying in her bed like not wearing any clothes, and she was like, so she was like, as I, I you know I think satisfied. You're gonna be a good man for someone one day, sweetheart. It kind of felt like that. Well, yeah. she. I mean, I, I think I think of that age you kind of feel like a casting director like you're seeing a star like you're right <laughs> right right you know what the future holds right. you're you know seeing that you're helen well mirren before she's helen mirren right. 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 It's, right. In, it's incredible a black box right. theater production because it's right. not all together it's not all together yet it needs a couple more acting but you courses. know it's there they there's need a, a spark. You know, stylist but yeah. like there's something there there's a presence yeah the big you old know. cock yeah. yeah, you know, Helamirin's <laughs> big old dong. And also yeah. probably certain like things, like the way you carry yourself, or maybe like what you said, or like you showed, um, you know, care in ways that you know everyone doesn't in the bedroom. I think the, there's a lot of information that you can take from a sexual encounter. Besides, 100%. like, did I come or not? Well, oh, and yeah, that interaction I remember being particularly fun. Um, and I don't know at that time in my life that that was something that I even really thought about with sex yet. But there was just something about the fact that she was a little bit older. And I, to me, she was just like unbelievably gorgeous. Uh, and you can go without that. Yeah, to, to me, me no, I just I always say that because I, I feel, you know, I thought she was. I, I, it's, it's like a very um, she was hot and was you hot. thought so. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. Thank she you. was hot and I thought so. And um, I don't know. There was just something that felt very to satisfying. Me, you are about- beautiful. Oh, God. If a guy said that to me, I'd kill myself. <laughs> just kidding, Chad. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like, it, it's just kind of there was something about satisfying a woman that was a little bit older. There was like a, a an approval aspect. An accomplishment. Of it. Mm. Yeah. And it was she she was just down to like yeah. do whatever. And and she had she wasn't timid about it. Once we got past the point of the approach, because she was the one that approached me, her friend approached me and um. We had a drink. Once we got past that, she wasn't timid. Yeah. And th- I think maybe at 25, you know, you're so used to being the one that's kind of initiating and pursuing. Right. And once we got past the initial hurdle of like, is this going to happen tonight? Like, I don't you know. It was very hot. Yeah. yeah like she was just good. like down to do kind of like whatever. And it was just fun. You know? Good for you. Down to be a dirty girl. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. Um, wow. Well, thanks, guys. And thanks to all the fuckers out there. There's a lot of people that write us um, that are OG fuckers since day one. We appreciate you. I think it's really, I think, I I do believe, and I, I'm gathering this from feedback, but also the success of the podcast. We've pioneered a little category for ourselves and for hopefully for better conversations to be had around this topic that are not had often enough. Um, that's a really great contribution to the world that I will always be proud of and happy about. And it's, you know, it takes two to tango or three uh, because we really appreciate you guys opening up and sharing your stories with us. They have uh, illuminated my eyes about the human experience and what it means to be a sexual person on this planet um, or asexual person on this planet. The thing about sexuality is every single human being has some type of relationship to their own sexuality, whether it's they're asexual, or whether they're way too horny and they're trying to fill a hole that was should be there by love or whatever it is. Um, and I think it's really fascinating to hear your story. So thank you for giving us a window into the world 
world of of your sexuality. Appreciate that. And I think furthermore, uh, the fuckers are extremely loyal in mm-hmm. your fanship. And yeah. we see it not only in the way that you guys support us, uh, but in the way that you support the guests that we have on, um, other shows that we're on. Like, I definitely know from like working with other people, our fans are way more supportive um, and generous than other people's fans. And cool. Yeah, and yeah they're it cool. Does not, and good people for the most part. It's really, yeah, that didn't slip past us. You can't pick your fans. And it's, it, it is a true honor that when, like, whenever I meet you guys at, like, the comedy clubs, it's, I'm always so delighted. Uh, there's been a couple times where I'm like, ugh. But for the most part, the last 10 years, I've been almost taken aback by how wonderful and love you, lovely you guys are. So. And also across the board, comedy clubs, like they will, they do tell us, like, you know, they, we get feedback on our fans. So once we got past that first year of you guys, you know, vomiting um, in the aisles. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, we from there, a, hey, it's really we been. We had some notes and you took them well. It's really been smooth sailing. We and we had do some get notes. constant, wonderful feedback on how uh, polite mm-hmm. uh, you guys Respectful. are, you're, you know, your good tippers, because we check on you. Oh, yeah. We ask the staff if to make sure that you guys are treating them well and and behaving behaving yourselves and you are and you are and thank you we thank you for being it. who you are it's nice i mean it's nice just that, that you know you just want the way you want to like act in the world you know just because you want to act that way in the world and that also makes us look good so yeah and we i wanted appreciate to, it i wanted to throw this out there before we introduce our guest um we called for this on the guys who fucked live but i want to do it on the on the actual podcast and maybe like stitch together i don't know some sort of ad for the podcast because we're always looking for ways to spread the word about guys we fuck to get the word out there to as many people as possible because we very much believe in the product uh, we want to hear from you guys the og fuckers sorry about last night show at gmail.com can you send us a, a, a short like 30 second clip uh, a voice memo not a video a voice memo around 30 seconds of like what has listening to guys we fuck done for you uh you know give us the full spectrum like it made you you know gave you the courage to leave an abusive relationship or gave you the courage to not talk to a parent who was emotionally abusing you um or you, you know something new up your butt exactly oh you came in your asshole for the first time and then you've never gone back like that's so exciting or like you had a three-way and it was great or you tried something that you weren't gonna try and then you heard it on the podcast and then it went well you're gonna help a man pursue his dreams but then you said why don't i just do something crazy and pursue my own That'd i make more money so than that. sick <laughs> So yeah, if you send us honestly like a 15 seconds would probably be ideal. Just short and sweet, write it down and then record it. But email us the clips. Uh, sorry about last night show at gmail.com and then make the subject line 500 episodes and we'll know exactly what that means. And we want to sh- uh, stitch together something um, like a reel for Instagram that we can promote to get the word out about the podcast more. We appreciate you. Thanks for being here, guys. And our guests. Holy shit. I'm such a fan of this woman. Um, and the interview that we had with her did not disappoint. What a fantastic person. She's an artist. She's a writer. She's a proclaimed and celebrated historian of bad behavior and the co-host of the podcast, The C Word with Lena Dunham, which is also on Luminary, which is also one of Corinne and I's favorite fucking podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, Alyssa, Alyssa Bennett. Like a big light of flame, your touch ignites my glow. No one knows my name You made me the star of every show You're passing me up Keeping me grounded Making me feel like I am a sound Like I am a sound You're hyping me up When I am my best You're the reason I got out of bed We go flicker, flicker But it's gone 
Bitch, we got two. Two? We have one that goes through when I write the episode. Yeah. Everything right. has to have double attributions. Wow. And then sometimes they'll be like, Hollywood.com isn't a good enough source. You need to find a new one. So, oh, that's fucking annoying. Right? Because yours whole, has a high whole, say, risk of slander. But the well, whole point yeah. is like, we, we're, we're sharing pieces of information that was used against this person, not necessarily pieces of information that are true. Like, that Well, just, of course, most of them are from like the sewer. Yeah, right. right, right that's right. just, I'm going to take my shoes off. Um, Go for it. That's just a fact. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like everything's from the sewer. So yeah. we do that. And then um, that process is actually really agitating for me because they want to cut everything. And I'm like, but this is good. Yeah, you work so hard on the research. You work so hard. And then after it's recorded, there's a set of lawyers that go through it. And then I listen to them because I know that sometimes we say things that will get us in trouble mm-hmm. that a yeah. lawyer might not pick up on. Oh. oh. But sometimes, you know, once... Like get you in trouble like personally? Like yeah. Oh, like I don't want to get Lena in trouble. That's right. the thing when you have someone as famous, famous as her on the show. Like it's an ex- just an extra magnifying glass on the episode. Even but I us, love like, hearing about her, her sharing her experiences, kind of alongside of being so famous. Yeah, because just Very like shit. this show being popular, like I used to forget that sometimes, and then I would just be like complaining about you know other people in comedy, and then they, and then they would like listen to yeah. the show yes it is like famous it, people but they since you know nonetheless. it's a weirdly dissociative experience i think yeah you just kind of you know drift away but i think that the interesting thing about lena that i think comes across in our show and it's why we have to you know be certain that nothing is being said that's gonna hurt anyone is yeah. that she's such a different person in real life than she is when she's performing lena dunham which i think is it's been you know, when when Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, I saw it in the theater and I saw that part that she played, which was I like love- a Manson girl. Yeah, yeah. And I was like chilled to my bone because I was like, this is the you that comes out when you're performing Lena Dunham. Wow. I love that you really? call it performing Lena Dunham. But it is. I know exactly what you mean, though, because I, I try to explain that concept on this show because I go, on this show, I'm performing the role of Corinne right. Fisher. Yeah, you lean into certain on things. As guys, we fucked because, like, if you're, if if both Christina and I were, like, super well-rounded each episode, it's boring. So, obviously, I'm leaning into being, uh, you know, a cold-hearted bitch because right. that's what people have come to expect. <laughs> Am I really that black and white in real life? Of course not. That right. would be insane. Sane. Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, in, in our show, that's like the pendulum that we're both so fascinated by is that there are these public expectations of persona, which mm. is why you guys have fans and right. why people love your comedy and love your show. They can fill in the blanks for you almost. Too. They can like, fill in the blanks for you. But that's the pleasure of encountering of encountering celebrity in a way is that you mm. think you believe that, you know, the person they are. And I think yeah. that when mm. people are disappointed by meeting celebrities in real life, it's because they understand that there is the schism between 
who you are as Corinne and who you are you present to the world. Right. I right. think it's always a better sign when you're disappointed. Like I think like a common celebrity to be disappointed by is Meryl Streep because she's actually a really nice down to earth person. Oh, that's funny. If, if when you meet a celebrity and they kind of are what you think they're going to be, they're probably horrendous to be around. Yeah. 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 Like you, right. don't, you don't want someone like, you know, we met Andrew WK and he's wonderful. Uh, but like if he had come in, like spraying us with blood, like right. would it have been a better story? Yes. Would mm. I never have wanted to interact with him again also yes I met also Ma- yeah i met madonna at a house party a very oh. intimate house party and she was just very quiet and i was like oh okay wow your really presen- your presence isn't you, big you like i thought you it's know it's like, really funny yeah it's a funny and it's also i think um what kind of expectations we have for like the performance of womanhood also it all kind of gets wrapped up um before we get into that which i want to uh we are here with historian of bad behavior Alyssa bennett of (laughs) the c word one of our favorite podcasts we're super excited to have you on the show um and only podcast i've ever listened to for i love you guys i binge the shit out of it you guys are so fucking funny you you and lena have been friends for a while right we've been you know we met when I was like a very elderly college student and <laughs> she was like a really speech. young college student <laughs> and people were so fucking mean to her and it kind of naturally I'm like in an college? underdog person Jesus yeah Christ. we were at the new school together okay and I always uh. as someone who kind of um self-identifies as an outsider I feel like very misanthropic much of the time um when I see it and I was like a very glamorous freshman in college because I'd just been a fashion model. I was an adult. Oh, shit. So it was like, you know, I I had this other thing that I was bringing and I just watched people like every time she would say something, people would be like, will you shut up? Will you sh-? In like, college? She was so a- aggravating to people. There's some There's, quality. Yes, yes, I know it because I have it. Um, and I, uh, <laughs> but and people it, tell her to her face and I'm like, wow, the balls. But it's the always balls. the most extraordinary people. And yes, I am using that to describe myself who have that quality. I agree. I agree. I've always loved Lena and I've always seen people treat her like that. And so listening to your podcast is so interesting because you're like, oh, she's actually not, she's actually even like more incredible than I thought she yeah. was she is. initially. And she is. Uh, we finally got to meet her in person recently. Oh my and God, sweetheart. Warm, uh, like co- ha- commands a room quietly, like all the qualities that you that you want when you when you meet a person who you admire. Right. And very rarely do people live up to those expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what do you, yeah, what, seeing it younger, what, what do you, what is it about her that makes people react that way? Well, there's some, you know, and it's something that we talk about a lot on the show. Right. Not about her, but in general, about these um, young women, young girls. We'll call them girls. Like yeah. an 11-year-old who's like, I want to be a star. You know, like she was one of those kids who, you know, she had this like kind of extraordinary upbringing because her mm. parents are both artists. Yeah. And, you know, sort of this um, bohemian approach to how you raise a kid and how a kid's supposed to learn and what the expectations are. So, you know, when she was 12, she was she was doing open mics and comedy clubs. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, there's tapes. I'm oh, sure sh- she'd share the tape with you. <laughs> wow. So, Wait, that's amazing. Yeah. And those born and raised in New York kids are special. It's a different They're animal. Unique. They're yeah. tiny different adults. Animal. So I think that, you know, there is this quality that young people who want to be actors have that I think is grading. Mm -hmm. People find it grading. And I think that it's sort of 
and it it goes back to this performance of the persona. I think that part of that um, get on stage and make them laugh thing has it clings to her in a way, and it's not who she is, but it's what is sort of conjured when she's in a, a group of people. Yeah, she's um, very funny, but she's also very fucking funny. And I think it's it's like a you know it's just I I always think that people who are sort of underdogs or misanthropes are often the funniest because they know what it means to be sort of castigated or an outsider yeah 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 that i think about and and that criticism has carried into her career oh like every, it's in she her can't work. fucking do anything like her book with her sibling thing and it's like you guys what the fuck can we're just you pick, believe that? that's a ne- yeah that's crazy if anyone believes that Go yeah. to church. Go to God. <laughs> She's also someone Go who seems him. to have like a really um, like a, like a sense of self for early on. And I think you really see that in how she wrote the her character art. of Hannah Horvath for herself. Yes. Because I love watching that show because all the other characters on the show are usually worried about so, how someone else in their life is affecting them. And Hannah Horvath <laughs> so is always oblivious. worried about her in yeah. her own world. Yeah. And I really love Very that cringe. because there's something there's something uh very therapeutic about watching a young woman exist uh for herself even though it might seem self-indulgent better than obsessing over a guy the whole time and i think maybe the power of how much that performance stuck to her is evidence mm. of what a great artist she is yeah she wrote this character and people thought it was her right you would yeah you would assume and it's also just like when you're especially when you're that young you you, you tend to just write what you know right. yeah like i want to oh, home my life is so interesting. I want to do a show about me. What did you guys want to do when you were 20 years old? Is this I wanted to be a famous actress. Did- I wanted to be a famous actress since I was five. I was one of those. I'm going to be a star. I would see a movie and I would act it out in my home, like to myself. Should we take a class at the actor's studio? I would love <laughs> That's that. That's my dream. I would, would be love great. that. Me too. I majored in acting, but I need to t- start taking classes again because let's we're... take a class. I'll do it. I love classes. Love in that. the spare time that none of us have. Yeah, uh, there's always time for a class. There's time for a class. When Maybe. I was 20, I just wanted to be famous. However. You guys did it. Just famous was the only, it was just like, it doesn't really, I'll figure out a way. I mean, I was like, at that time I was in school to be a, a film director, which I still want to do, but, but I just. But you guys are young. You can still do it all. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were 20? Like nothing. No. Really? <laughs> oh, you know, I sort of got into, I became a writer because all I wanted to do was, um, you know, sort of read books about bad behavior or research bad behavior or, you know, learn about I'm 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 naturally very curious person. So I one of my favorite stories that I think really sums up how I ended up where I am is that when I was maybe, I don't know, nine or 10, Mm -hmm. I had these neighbors. We lived in this. It wasn't a suburb because it was in the woods, but the sort of small neighborhood in the woods. And it was two daughters, one of whom was my age and one was slightly older, and they moved into this house. And when they would go away, they needed someone to to watch their pets. And so they'd ask different neighborhood kids to do it. And I, whenever they would ask me, they'd be like, you know, the pets were in the garage or whatever. And they'd be like, there's a key in the grill to get in the house if you have an emergency. Don't go in there. And I'd be like, of course, I'm not going into your house. And then as soon as they leave, I go in their house. Look through everything. Look through everything. Read the diaries. Try the makeup on. (laughs) Ransack the parents' dresser drawers. Everything, (laughs) everything, everything, everything. Look in the medicine cabinets. Like just this, this curiosity 
was theater of life too. It was theater of life. And it was so exciting to understand a person via the things that they don't want you to see. Totally. So exciting. And so that was like a sort of thing for me. um, This inappropriate curiosity about people that I either know or don't know. Yeah. And, you know, I'd written, I did a different kind of writing for a long time where because I'm sort of art world adjacent, I would write catalog essays for artists and this sort of thing. And my son's father at a certain point, I got really, really, I would have this sort of rotating obsession. Like I would get really into Savannah, that the dead porn star. I would get really into Lane Staley, who was Mm -hmm. the lead singer of Alice in Chains and was like a band I didn't care about at all. But his death really fascinated me. Mm, Like there was some element where I was like, oh, you can really know a person after they die. Yeah. Um, and I remember he was like, my son's father was like, this is your art. Like this weird, yeah. all this time you waste doing these things <laughs> where you're prying into strangers' lives. This is your art. Professional I, snoop. Yeah. Professional snoop. So I started a zine. Oh, I love zines. And so I have a great zine. We'll get you caught. I don't, I'm not oh. writing it anymore because I don't have time. But um, I started a zine that got very, very, very popular. That was um, every issue had a different sort of theme so the first one Mm. was celebrity death the second one was crime the third one was drugs the fourth one was disappointment and the fifth one was doubles oh Um, well-rounded usually crimes with twins or people that become somebody else oh that one it's a good one um (laughs) yeah so that's how i ended up where i am i didn't you know i wanted to like do do things that couldn't be monetized until I figured out that there is a way to monetize them. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And I, I would definitely sign up for a zine. I used to run a zine as well. Just every episode, uh, every uh, issue was the same. That was about the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh, see, but that's what, what I was love. it called? What was it Wanna called? Be Weekly. Wanna Be Weekly. Pretty big hit. I yes. love <laughs> fandom so much. Me it's like too. Like too. Central if you if you went to Corinne's oh. childhood bedroom, it is a museum dedicated what, to pop culture. What do you got? I mean, well, walk not, me in a Tim Curry is a big part of it. I have like I have like a actually like a plaster cast of his face. I have the towel that he used in Charlie's Angels. Like I have a lot. My dad was in the business of memorabilia. You know, I'm writing a book on Hollywood memorabilia. Incredible. Oh we Incredible. What? So, I mean, I grew up wow. on like it being very appropriate to be obsessed with people like my mom has her favorite singers boot oh, in her in, in our den. Uh, I mean, Lou Harris and my 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 brother's named after Christopher Lee which is my dad's favorite actor uh, to ever portray Dracula. This is so I mean, wild. That, she wrote a fun It's house. an obsession. It's obsessive. So and I mean, wild. I have obsessive compulsive disorder and I go, oh, I wonder where that came do up Do you from. think a lot of us do? Because I have it too. Um, I don't think I do. I, you could get it. I just have anxiety. Ooh, how? A lot of <laughs> artists <laughs> have it, I think. And I mean, you know, because you can use it. It can be really helpful in the road to success if you, you are able to control it right. a little bit. But, you know, as you know, sometimes the OCD ends up controlling you. Sometimes so. it goes down the bad road. Right, 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 right. Well, I have, I want to talk to you about your memorabilia <laughs> collection because I have a theory that the memorabilia becomes, especially sort of insignificant memorabilia, like a boot yeah. or a towel. Yeah. This is right up my alley. This is what I love. <laughs> I have a theory that it becomes pro- like the proxy for the body. So when you have access the to the thing, it's almost, and I'm, I'm using this word, but I, 
obviously don't mean it literally, but I think that it really illustrates this kind of necrophilic impulse mm. that we as a culture have towards celebrity. We want, mm-hmm. And it's the same thing yeah. that I have where I'm like, I want to read every maybe true and maybe not true account of what Lane Staley's condo in Seattle looked like when he died in it. Like, tell, I don't care if it's true. I don't yeah. care if it's real. I like, just, what are people saying? What is the fantasy that gets churned up by this person? Right. What is the fantasy mm. that gets churned up that we so badly want it? Want it's a mirror to humanity. To it is a mirror to humanity. It's a, well, I think celebrity is the ultimate mirror, right? Yeah. Like, right. when you look at the screen, what the screen is supposed to do when the circuit is really complete is it shows you yourself right right right. so that's why we love stars that's Mm -hmm. why we love who we love well that's why people my theory on why people love taylor swift so much i mean she's writing really relatable songs she she comes out on midnights with anti-hero and everyone thinks you know all the lines in that song are about themselves no one could understand and also this is about me and then the other thing is that people think when fandom is like really complete, like your mom thinks, your mom, your mom thinks no one could appreciate this Emmy Lou Harris boot the way that I do because I love her the most. Right, mm-hmm. right, which right. is where it gets really exciting for me. And that's, <laughs> and then it goes back into to our to to my show, me and Lena's show, which again, um, I think all of this sort of this complex that gets built up around celebrity is people either saying no one can love you the way that I love you or you've disappointed us. Mm-hmm. You're not me. When You're fan, not- yeah, when fans get disappointed in you, they turn, they could, it can be bullying. You it know? And can it's like, be oh. more than bullying. Yeah. I you know? always you am think- so careful about that because I've experienced it firsthand. So like, no matter if, no matter like, what the Spice Girls do, like when they put out Forever, was it their best work? No, but I supported <laughs> them. Right. And I, and I said, I'm going to listen to Holler and I'm going to support the cause. And- Artists got to try stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And it's they, they they have you can't be the same all the time and if it's not all gonna be a success and I think that's something that happens also I was you know like I'm in some kind of nostalgia vortex where I only <laughs> want to listen to Frank Black and the Pixies nice and so I was like oh, I'm gonna listen to the new Frank Black and I heard it and it's like the thing that happens is that when when you're into something from the past mm. like when you think about the 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 Spice Girls. I'm getting instructions from the RAF. When you are thinking about the Spice Girls, you're thinking about the age you were when you first encountered them. So it's a time capsule. Oh, I remember right? the moment mm, I heard "Wanna Be," right. where I was sitting How in my room, what I was doing. I mean, I guess I was 12. Incredible. I was sitting at my little tea table doing my homework, and this song came on. And I, I mean, it was like it was a movie. I, I dropped my pen. It was like I go, a Matrix. I said, "What? What is this?" What is this? This is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. Did you? Which one was your favorite? Well, it was "Wannabe" at the time. Is the is like the one that made me stop in my tracks. But which girl? Oh, uh, Posh has always been my favorite. Uh, The fucking the fucking click clack of the heels. I can fucking hear. Mm. I can fucking hear the first one second of that click clack and know that it's so beautiful. Because I'm. I'm much older than you ladies. So I remember them in a different way. I'm 87 years old. I remember them in a different way. Um, but I think that what happens and what fans often react to, and this is across the board in the entertainment industry, is that when, when a band or an actress or an artist tries something new, it is like, 
it comes across as sounding elderly or aged or out of mm. out of touch because we want them to reflect who we were when we first fell in love with it. And yes. then you're like, oh my God, I'm getting old too. Right. Yeah. Humanity hates change. It's just like a part of our brain just goes, we no. Hate, we hate it. And it's like, well, if we just work a little harder to override that, no, we can be opened up to so many things. Yeah, because um. going on that, like Christine and I, we went to see uh, Avril Lavigne recently when she was on tour with Machine Gun oh. Kelly, and I think she's a really interesting example of someone. Do you think um, he's hot? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, yes, yes. He but- threw a temper tantrum on stage, and I was like, Ugh. Oh, what happened? Oh, I mean, like he's always like, throwing temper tantrums. He was bragging about it was like five something like five hundred thousand dollars per minute if I go over, and he's like, the That's curfew. okay. We're gonna be here for an extra twenty minutes, and then they cut his mic off, and he was like, Fuck this, and he threw it all, and he like literally he threw mm. the Mike at a tech guy and then marched off stage and we're like, wait, what's just fucking happening? Don't and he you came back to your boyfriend. Yeah, he was he was like, no. sorry guys, I'm only human. I go, no, no human you, does that. No one does that. No one does that. You're too actually, famous. sir. Isn't that weird? It's like they get totally out of touch with their humanity. Yeah. Yeah, and this is someone who has very humble beginnings. It's like, my, how quickly things can change. But don't Power you corrupts. think, don't you think that it's like if you looked at like a PET scan of his brain now and you looked at a PET scan of his brain from 10 years ago that there's especially people who are on stages watch out ladies of the stage I think there's something like deifying about having an audience of people who fucking clap for you and worship you and call your name and give you a woohoo there's something it must feel incredible Mm -hmm. Does yeah. it feel incredible? It feels, it's a little overwhelming it, for me, but I like it's something that like because of I think because I came into wanting to be famous, obsessed with people who are already famous. I'm like I've almost I feel like I have like an unofficial degree in like what fame does to people and how people react to it. So I'm like constantly hyper aware of like not believing my own hype. But I mm. would love to do a case study on you <laughs> oh, and your you childhood should. memorabilia. You should. She's a very interesting person. It's like a comp- it's a loop. There's no one like her. There's no one There's like her. There's no one like her. Um, well, also with fame, though, like it's like, you know, when you like a hot like I have I have a friend that's like really hot. But like in New York, we see them all the time, like hot, just hot people that are so hot. That yeah. You're like, Can I see a fuck? picture? Sure. I'll show you later. <laughs> we both uh, have like we, we, we both have like a, pe- a stop. A couple in friends the that are like hot friend. Whoa. She's a female one. I have a male one. And I watch her get treated totally different than everybody else. So funny. And it's so interesting. I love taking this in. And then when I see hot people, I just treat them like they're better than me. I don't know why. It just kind of just naturally happens. Yeah. But that with because celebrity. They are better than us. I know. No, it's they're a not that you can get to better. becoming a celebrity without being a celebrity. I know. Just being you, a hot person. You literally do nothing. But with you celebrity. you God likes them better? Yes. <laughs> she does. Um, but when you're a celebrity, it's that times a thousand because you're getting your ass kissed by everybody. Mm. Whereas maybe, you know, growing up, you had like you were treated well like and then and then people just are obsessed with you and they put you on this pedestal and they take your picture when you're at the grocery store and you're like it's it's almost I mean it has to be possible to like not believe that or like be immune to that but I cannot imagine the whole concept of power corrupts like oh, yeah. when women started to get to CEO oh, yeah. level women started to like launder money but when women started to run countries women also started to like kind of fuck shit up too it's like it's it's like some reaction to cannibalism you know like it but this is why you have to see that film tar i'm yeah. doing an advertisement for tar yeah go see I it because see this it. is what it's about like what see, yeah. what happens specifically to the female brain who is encountering public worship yeah but and, like, and, a, like and how much how much more do we love to bring her back down to earth 
Right. Well, that's right. the thing because right. the one the, the thing that keeps me like a little immune from it, I think, is like understanding right out of the gates how conditional the this love that people have for me is and it's like my love for myself is not conditional so my love is always going to trump their love that's why it's like doesn't affect me as much Mm, mm, but mm. I also wonder how much of your handle on this comes from growing up in a household that was constructed around how culture worships our celebrities especially American culture Hmm. yeah perhaps I don't know. I was raised with conditional love, so I'm super used to it. But um, but I I get like a I get. But but the thing is, with guys we fucked, we're so I like I'm so naked on this podcast, right? And I've I've been through bouts of terrible depression. I've just been through so much shit in the last ten. We've been doing this for fucking ten years, Mm -hmm. and 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 I was reflecting on that because we're filming our we're gonna we're doing our 500th episode. Wow, you guys. Yeah, and I was like, and it it feels like it. Yeah. For sure. But I but I've been looking back and I'm like, oh my God, the amount of times that like shit went so wrong in my life and I just fucking talked about it. Like and, and and it's so interesting. So I think there's something a little bit different with us. Obviously, we're not as famous as like somebody like Lena, but like our oh, I you show guys are our, pretty famous. Our show I show my like uglier sides and it's accepted. And right. that is awesome. Because I was raised co- with conditional love. I'm like, oh wow, you like think it's nice and you can connect with me because I I'm honest about when I want to die. Well, Sick. but also like <laughs> next year. But also, do you feel like when you started the show, part of it was, you know, we live in a world that's so polished and constructed and we're going to be honest. And yeah, that's, that was certainly that's part the of beauty it. of podcasting. Yeah. Too, yeah. Especially when we started. And the nature of the, the, the beginnings of the podcast was literally sitting down with a guy that Corinne or I had had sex with and being like, what do you think of it? And just having these really... That was the only opportunity we were creating an opportunity to have these really uncomfortable conversations that we were interested in having. Um, So I think that. Well, it's interesting also because I feel like you guys opened up so many opportunities for so many women, especially in terms of what I keep trying to tell people in in terms of pocket. But it's true. Yeah, because it's like all you have to do is be genuine, you know? Yeah. Thank you. And people just get mad. <laughs> well, they get mad because they're like, well, she's right. So fuck her. I go, oh, yeah. So, sorry we uh, made the uh, like standard pay rate for you higher. That was terrible. And us. also like opened up a lane, I think. Like call her daddy and all those shows. I think they don't exist without them. It's like, yeah. incredible that we didn't even pay her to say I this know. kind of stuff. It's, you I'm think not we being did, but we really compensated didn't. at all. <laughs> They didn't even give me a glass of water. People. <laughs> oh shit! Do you want one? No, I'm just okay. kidding. I've got Nick. This is this is. <laughs> um, one thing I wanted to ask you about your personal life. Yes, you have a very interesting scenario that Corinne and I have always been fascinated by because mm-hmm. so, mm-hmm. it's 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 rare. But like when we do hear about it, we're like, wait, what? Yeah, you got married to the same guy twice. I did. That's. Tell me more. Tell us more. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I just got some water in a box. Um, <laughs> We're giving them so much. For, speaking of free ad and not being compensated. I guys, mean, can you play? If, if anybody knows box water, just send us free ones. Yeah. Um, wouldn't you love to get like a some kind of commercial partnership that doesn't necessarily have to be on your pot? You know, do you guys follow Regret Counter, my drug Instagram no. account? No. Oh, no. I did. I, I followed it after you talked about it on the C word. So my dream, I have this Instagram account where people send me in anonymous lists of their hard nights out. Yeah. What's the and handle? Regret. Regret counter. And when I started, I thought, 
I'm going to get sponsored by Promises Malibu and it's going to change <laughs> How specific. my life. It and then you have like a free yet. stay there. It hasn't happened yet. Um, okay. So my double marriage, which you might be surprised to hear happens more than you think. Oh, really? It does. I'm just fast. It, it, it feels that. very wealthy. It just feels, it, <laughs> well, there's something about it. I understand because you're like, I don't care what anyone thinks. Well, do you I have just, two weddings? It. We had like a real wedding and then like a, sort of shitty downgrade. <laughs> so we're doing it again. <laughs> but um, we met when I was maybe 19. Oh, so young. Okay. Oh. A teenage fashion model. Oh, wow. And he was going to... I met him and he was like on his way into Columbia for graduate school to be an artist. Ooh. And a couple of years went by. We were together, together. And I was like, this guy is so smart and I'm so dumb. I better go to school. So I go to college. I meet <laughs> Lena. And then he proceeds to get very, very, very unusually famous. Oh, um, really? Yeah. Unusually famous. I would say unusually famous. How, yeah. by, by which way? How? He, as an artist. By wow. art standards? Huge, what was huge, his art? Huge. Painting, sculpture? He was, he's a sculptor. Okay. Um, yeah, that's unusual. Any it was famous very <laughs> unusual, and it <laughs> yeah. really destroyed our marriage. Really? Yes. And then he, um, we split. He, you know, had a drug problem mm. and a fidelity problem, mm. and we split. And then, like maybe a year later, we got back together. Okay. And we were like, let's just. This was real. This was real love. Let's get married again. Yeah. And be together. And it lasted, I'm going to say, nine months. <laughs> the second marriage lasted nine months. Okay. And what? what? So I was divorced twice by the time I was 30. Nice. How long With was the, the first same, marriage? Only the one first guy. marriage was 2001 to 2004. Two divorces, okay. two divorces one guy. So it's, when you like hear that. it laid out, you're kind of like, oh, it's not that insane. <laughs> Why why marriage? Like what did marriage mean to you? Um I think that we both came from a very particular subculture. So we were mm. both into, you know, hardcore punk rock and it was such a um sometimes I think that when you're an unconventional person or into subcultural things, the conventional has this really intense romantic Lure. Oh, yeah. And okay. it seems yeah. like the thing that you shouldn't do, but you do it because it feels like... Um, Two punks found love. Exactly. Huh? It's like really juvenile yeah, yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we married, divorced, married, divorced. And then I was maybe... it was I was so fucked up after the second divorce, so depressed. He was still incredibly famous. And Damn. I was like, I'm a fucking loser. Like, I can't even hold on to this guy. Was it the same things that broke you up the second yes. time? Because it, it usually is. By yeah. Was infidelity yeah, again? Men, men don't. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Anyone who... And how many times have we said this to young ladies? Men don't change. So don't expect it. If you can live with the behaviors that you right. have felt injured by in the past and you feel like you can get over them, 
Get back together. I don't yeah. give a fuck. But yeah. if you can't live with it. I'm super into infidelity. I've read a lot of Esther Perel's books on it. She has a book called The State of Affairs, which is super interesting. And it goes through uh, the viewpoints of every person that's a part of the affair. Oh. The wife that got that wow. cheated on usually uh, or husband and the partner who cheats and then the, the third person. Right. It's really interesting because she poses this question. Dan Savage also poses this question, but he's gay and the gay community. He, he says this. He's like, if we, you know, if we had to be picky, we wouldn't fuck any. Like, there's only like three gay guys in my town right. when I was growing up. Right. So, you know, <laughs> our choices were limited. But like the fact that infidelity can make a relationship stronger it was can. an interesting concept to me. And it made me go, what the fuck? Are you t-? It, I, I reacted so poorly to that concept. And then over time, it grew on me. But I still have yet to see an example. Well, I think it, it only works. You know, I have a friend whose name I'm not going to say because he's a person of note. No, I don't want to <laughs> get him in trouble with yeah. his wife. <laughs> Chad, he, Chad appreciates that. He, Chad's once, lawyer. he once gave me this advice that I thought was really good. And he said, if you're going to fuck around, make sure it's with someone you don't like. Because that's when it goes <gasps> sour. Right. Is when you start to get this romantic. That, because the yeah, other thing yeah. that happens in my experience is that if someone is being is is cheating on you and they have another girl that you don't know about the other girl will often do this kind of erotic triangulation where they try to get close to you in a way oh. that is oh i all i know this all too well you know yeah, this, she does you she know, does because yes. i've done it you know as i've what, cheated before me too i've been on yeah. every side of it yeah every side of it so you sort of turn around the, the circle or look around the room of infidelity if we're going to give it like a architectural space mm. and you understand every corner and the way that it gets corrupted is that I think especially with women there's something in our brains where we emotionally affect via sexual intercourse and mm. it's very easy to have this illusion of love I'm sure men do it too but yeah. women and I think it's within our nature and it just makes it if your feelings get split and you can't be honest about it which is i guess why everyone's into polyamory now they're like we're just gonna do it in our house yeah yeah right we have right. This, people email us and be like i think i'm poly i'm like you're 22 just you're 22 don't, you just don't be tied down everybody just fuck right. everybody then. yeah don't, i agree you know you don't have to be poly you don't but like there's... imagine the grocery <laughs> bills it's like well you share them but like <laughs> it's it there's so many aspects to infidelity but the one thing that that esther Proud pointed out and that's just it's not it's an obvious one but like so the la- a larger portion of the population cheats than doesn't or is involved in infidelity somehow and so if that's the case then maybe it's monogamy that's not working or it's our communication skills probably i mean i think the one bonus of infidelity if you're the person who's cheating is that the guilt is so overwhelming that you lavish your real partner in love and praise and affection for a little while until you resent them so much that you're like because they're preventing you for them from being with the other person you know i'm gonna give a true confession because i don't think anyone i work with in the gallery world listens to this podcast so i'm gonna put it like this so i have this job it's like a real job that people go to like fucking college for oh cool and i'm in there and i'm like you fucks went to college to do this boring job (laughs) But I, you know, I want to get out. I've got other stuff going on. At the moment, I'm like living two lives, mm-hmm. right? So I have my podcast. I'm, you know, I just wrote a film treatment that's got green lit. So I have oh, to write yay. a script. So I have all this stuff going on. And when I go into work and they pay me well, it's not, you know, it's I'm a, I'm a director at a blue chip gallery. It's like real, nice, real job. But when I go in there, I so resent the fact 
even though it's like with consent, of course, and this is a responsibility that I've agreed to, I resent being there so much that the other day I was like, this is like when you're cheating on someone and you fucking can't look at them. Like you so resent that they're taking up the time when you could be fucking your new boyfriend that you can't, you're just in a crabby mood. Like I drag my You're in a hell of your own making. Yes. And it's like whatever the, the... the bondage of morality or responsibility or like, I don't want to move because it's too complicated and I have too many books to carry out of this apartment. <laughs> it makes logistics, you man. logistics, but it makes you it 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 turns up the dial on your cruelty. And I think that that's the one thing to be really careful of if you're going to, you know, dabble around in infidelity infidelity yeah i just couldn't even Don't say that cruel. word because i felt so ashamed <laughs> <laughs> um can i ask how i'm always interested to see how people found out oh this was so horrible so you always know right yeah. i know and then you feel crazy because you're like well now i'm gonna have to have hard evidence because i can't just say it's a gut feeling because you oh, can deny it and i try would to make be me like feel crazy. i know i know it i yeah. know it i would confront him and he'd be like you know and i i think the thing the other thing that happens when you're cheating on someone is that if you're confronted about it and you're not willing because you don't want to move your books out of the house, you're not yet willing to admit to it, your life. you are able to convince yourself that that it's not true yeah. or that mm. either the per- like you deserve it or that it's it's you double down it's as not though bad. it's not true. Yeah. Yeah. To be confronted, to be called a liar is, I think, one of the most painful things on earth. So when someone's like, I know you're doing this thing. I know you're cheating on me. You're lying. The response is always, you're crazy. Generally, mm-hmm. it's it's very rare that someone will be like, you're right. Right. Yeah. I am. <laughs> got me. You Zing. got me. I just, uh, I would respect so, someone so much if that, if they just said you got me. Yeah, because right? it's like, I'm giving you an out. Let's if, just end this now or, or talk about it now. Like, don't you feel fucking guilty? There's no way you don't. Well, last time I confronted someone about that, it's like the relationship was already over. I had already broken up with him and I was like, and I, and I was just, it was like kind of like this ellipses at the end of their <laughs> relationship and i was just like you know bt dubs did you cheat on me <laughs> and then and then i just like just say yeah like if he just said yes it's just it, we would have so been much like easier they, it would have been done. too hard to to and then i had to ruin his lying. life instead and that was like a oh, lot of God, time out of my bless. day that was a lot of time out of my day that yeah, i could have spent I doing something else probably more than one day <laughs> many days still yeah. sometimes i do it now i do too <laughs> i'm still talking about this it was like 57 years ago um i found out he like left his email open oh god he wanted you to find and out and i fucking read them like i was like i was going to fucking college for it i read them like once you sit down at that computer you're like i'm in i'm in it to win it for the next 10 hours but it's also oh, that, that it's high that's oh absolutely oh my god when you're when 700 you're pieces of nicorette in your brain. yeah <laughs> with snooping the few i have done it a few times Oh my god, it's like a crack. I'm like it a crack is. addict. I'm oh, like, you're like, what's next? If what's like, next? if someone calls me, I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'm I know. Snooping. Like I get I know. so. But it's also that old saying, you know, if you have an instinct that makes you want to snoop, you're, you're gonna find something. Mm-hmm. We oh, always yeah. say that. We always say that. If you feel it, it's happening. Yeah. And whoever it is can tell you that you're crazy, but they're just a liar. <laughs> when you are, when you do mm-hmm. have like insecurities about yourself, though, it is sometimes like, is it my own insecurity? You know, I don't know. I got to find out. Well, the only thing I'll say about getting older, 
because I'm 45 years old. You always talk about yourself like you're ancient. I'm like, there's no way you can be that old. I'm pretty old. I'm 45. So I will say (laughs) that something does, there is a dial that turns in your brain where you're like, I don't give a fuck. Like you just kind of stop giving a fuck. You don't have the same kind of um, your identity isn't as reliant on like if you're fuckable you're being treated. or yeah. if oh, yeah. somebody is like obsessed with you. The beauty of getting older it's, is that it's what like a, a freedom, it's an incredible thing. And I always I remember when I was in my 30s, I would think like, oh man, like women really get crabby after a certain point. Like they just stop taking shit. Yeah. And when you're a young person, you're like, what a bitch. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm you free. just fucking stop taking shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're yeah. like, this is my line. Yeah. If you want to cross it, yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because old men are crabby too, but just like women just keep fucking them. It's no. true. Even with the cr- the crabby. They they do. Because even like people, you know, I'm 30, I just turned 37. Like people around my age, like men are getting crusty. And I'm like, I don't want to be around this. Crusty but do you find, do you find are you attracted to men your age or older or younger guys? What's uh, your thing? All across the board. Well, I, I used to go in it all. I used Truly. to go older. How, um, what's the oldest you've gone? Like 52. Would uh, you go 70? No. Honestly, I've seen some hot 70-year-old unless guys. It, unless like, Tim Curry you're making me to fuck. Is he still among us? Um, Yeah, he's in a wheelchair, but... All right, that's all right. I straddle that wheelchair. You know um, that Christopher Reeves could still do it. Yeah. I mean, Tim Curry more of the problem is, you know, and Chad, uh, you know, he hasn't he's not officially out, but I don't, you know, at at best bisexual, definitely not a straight man. So, Tim Curry. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about it. You know what? I love him. I spent in a lot of time. Thinking is, about it. I know. I love this <laughs> is Clue. Yeah. Oh, he's One of incredible. his best in performances. Incredible. Yeah. But I mean, like, so now I think something about dating someone younger flipped a switch in my brain and made me a lot more like attracted to people that normally I would have been like repulsed by right and it made me kind of repulsed by older guys well and when when corinne <laughs> had such rave reviews about how much better young guys fuck i'm like now i'm starting to get horny when i see like a 23 year old 23 like and a 23 I, which is younger than i mean like, you don't have to talk to him to fuck him i guess right but also when you talk it's like it's like i i understand why men like to date young dumb women because it's like it's yeah. it's lighter to be around right i have all the things inside me that i need i'm 37 years old right. i'm successful i have my own money i i followed my dreams i did all the things that i wanted or i'm in the midst of doing all the things that i want to do so really i just want someone who's gonna like hang out and have do fun. fun stuff with me yeah that's the only thing that i and don't know. be like oh i have to pay if you don't have the money then we're going we're going to vacation where i want to go oh, so just have fun see that's kind of heaven yeah i don't yeah. want to hear like a long you know long you know stories or like and I, complaints I, it's funny <laughs> i do get, I, get I, have all those myself. I get resentful sometimes or i, ca- I catch <laughs> myself because i talk back to it like when like i you know corinne talks about how she's a lo- around a lot of male comedians that she has as close friends and they talk around her or in front of her about women as if she's a guy like she's like one of the guys and well, it's like broken they, her heart men don't think women are can be funny right That's well like, the comedian the comedians that we hang out with respect okay female comedians. we've just been but, around too long so either if we were gonna fuck we've already fucked and then i so then i get deposited in the in the man slot and uh, she, or they never yeah. wanted to fuck to begin with so then man slot again and they say like hurtful <laughs> things about like yeah like you know prizing a young woman or whatever and i've heard in my lifetime like recent years i've heard like a guy 
guy in his 40s be like, oh, I wish I could be like him and just date a 22 year old. I'm like, ugh, what the fuck? But, uh, and I and I resent sometimes when men are like, I just want to date like a 22 year old. But I'm like, yeah, I get the, now that my views are slowly like changing and the lightness that you talked about and the and like how much they want to fuck and how their dick works really well. I'm like, mm. I kind of see it. The only yeah. problem is- So I'm sorry, old men. That I went out with a guy who was a decade younger than me for like five years. Nice. But the only problem, it is fun and they're so hot and it's like supple and you know, they're like impressed with you that you remember shit. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. they're like, you went to Lollapalooza and saw, you know, right. But the problem is when you try to be like, oh, remember 1997 and like, how fun it was. And they're like, no, I wasn't born yet. I wasn't born in 1990. And then you're like, oh, shit. That doesn't bother me, though. I mean, this, this, the my ex-boyfriend once Are you asked like, me I if I will show a- you the world. <laughs> I he show- once asked yes. me if I was an adult when the first Men in Black came out. I said, Who, how old so do you think I am? I probably oh, that's was. Adorable. I was. That's adorable. Tell me your friend Alyssa Bennett was. <laughs> that's adorable. It's probably getting my third divorce when Men in Black. He out. goes, you were an adult when it's <laughs> I fucking was. What are you talking God. about? Um, wait, so back to back to something that uh, how did you find out that your ex was Gina? Oh, oh you, had, you had an inkling. I, I, you had an inkling, but then you did the emails, right? Well, it was like I was trying to get in the emails. I kept trying to get in the emails. <laughs> well, he left it open. And it, no, it was like I'm this is gonna really date the story. It was like a Hewlett Packard <laughs> desktop nice. computer. Nice. Okay. And for some reason, <laughs> it wasn't like it was on the screen, but I clicked something and it came up and Oops. I just, oh. I did a search for her name and it was like. Oh, you knew the name. Oh, yeah. You always know who it's going to be. But this be. is what I'm saying really? about, about yeah, erotic triangulation because I would be in a room with this, with these two. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. All and you the sent time. I just, you just. And they were, you sent it. If you feel Women. it, it is fucking happening. I would say that 1% of the time, if you're like, my boyfriend or my girlfriend is fucking this person, it's 1% of the time. The time that You're it's not happening. Wow. It is ha- it's just happening. You just right. have to go with God and know that yeah. it's happening. So so you typed in her name and you saw email like email correspondence that was like Oh my God. That was like dick. when will you leave your wife? Oh Jesus. And oh, I was like, no. fucking today. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Dear bitch. Right. Uh, today. Yeah. You do you know what I did? Because it wasn't just one person. There was a okay. point after I had my son. And I would have to see all these people because I work in the art world also. Okay. And you would just have to like be in a room with them or be at a dinner with them. I wrote them all letters. Wow. And I said. I love this. I forgive you. (laughs) You're the best person. I was like, I forgive you. That's and I love that because that's actually the most hateful thing you could say to someone. Beautiful. So well played. Well played indeed. So but I don't I I wish I had the reins on my own temper to be able to do that. That is such an admirable response to it. Um, well, it was for me, not that right. Of course. I was like, I don't want to have to be in a room with you and be like you ruined my life. Right, 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 right. Because that's that's a loss of power. It's mm-hmm. keep True. your power. Keep, keep your, power. your power. And I, I, I'm somebody who has, I have to remind myself, like, don't lose your, don't give your power away. Don't give your power because I've been giving oh, it away Oh, I get since. it too. I, I am like a rageaholic. 
Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm oh like an God. unexpected rageaholic. Me too. Like all repress, 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 repress. And then it's like one seemingly minor thing becomes the container for everything mm-hmm. I've, yeah. I've, I've and repressed. Then, and your so fucking dog hides under the couch and you're scared like, scared oh. of me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that was the first time, the first round. Yeah. Was the emails. And then the sec- so when the you got back round, together, were you like, hey, let's not cheat? Yeah, Did he you was say like, it? we're supposed to be together. Of course. Okay. Maybe we didn't say it. I thought it was some implied. people are like, I'm just going to hope that you're not <laughs> going to cheat. Implied. But then the think. next time it was a similar situation where I would see them together. I would be, oh. we would be at parties together. Okay. I remember one of them being like, do you have any Coke? And I was like, no, I don't have any Coke. Fuck yourself. Yeah. And after this party, he was like, how would you talk to her like that? So it was. But that's ballsy that the same person he had already cheated with still remained in his life. No, it was a different person. Oh, okay. A new one. Okay. Second marriage. Because I was like, what the fuck? Okay. Okay. But this is all just to say that the pattern was exactly the same. Okay. 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 And if you feel some shift in your relationship, it's because there's been a shift in your relationship. Yeah. Like, you know, intuition is a fucking real thing. And it's so powerful. And it's often intuition is often mislabeled as craziness yeah well especially for women i think and it's i'm i'm real so i'm really into the afterlife and like psychic mediums and yes. stuff. And i'm trying to like train to be one and um one of the things i learned about intuition through various exercises is how subtle it is oh and yeah. so it's so easy to mi- like a zoom it's like, like a wind zooms a by breeze. and you're like wait was that my intuition or was that just like my monkey mind going like i don't know this could happen it's like a breeze yeah it is it's funny there was one time this is like totally unconnected but there was I was maybe like 30 it was right after my second divorce I was in my early 30s and I was coming home from the subway and I saw this guy looking at me and I was like "Mm, I don't you know I don't want this guy to talk to me and I went into a deli to like wait it out because I felt it It was not like a really he wasn't leering it was just a a fucking feeling I got it was Mm -hmm. a vibe and so I waited in this deli I looked out, I didn't see him, and my apartment was like three blocks away. And I walked to my apartment, and I have my key in the lock, and I'm opening the door, and he runs across the street with a set of keys out. And he's like, oh, thanks for getting the door. And he started to push the door in, and I said, who are you here to see? And he said, I'm here to see you. Ah! And it was like, right? And I said... My husband is upstairs, mm-hmm. a lie, and you better get the fuck out of here. But I thought it is this thing. It is this animal thing in your brain that predates like language and like organized cognition. It's animal. And if you mm-hmm. feel it, fucking act on it because mm-hmm. it's correct. Mm-hmm. It's always correct. And you'll never regret acting on it. Never. You'll, I don't think I've ever regretted acting on my never. intuition. There ever. are some like stats too that like, you know, anytime like a woman, you know, is attacked like she had, you know, there's like staggering stats like she had, she basically denied her own intuition. Like, yes. Because women then, you know, start calling themselves crazy because right. we're called crazy by society so often. And, you know, that usually results in death or injury. And it's, I think the, the, pressure to be nice yeah it's like that you're taught to be nice be nice be nice which is why we accept a lot of things it's why we will accept a partner who's like you're crazy i'm not cheating on you it's why we will accept some you know like fucking ted bundy i'm injured help me with my bag Mm -hmm. and as a nice girl Mm -hmm. sure 
So, well, even with podcasting, it's so interesting uh, between podcasting, like with uh, women versus men, because like women love to like critique me on how I speak to like my uh, male co-hosts when, you know, men continuously talk down to me on podcasts and no one ever mentions it, including women. And you're like, oh, you are you have been trained by society to be like so doting over men and like all your ideas are great and like I'm gonna wait until you finish that sentence and like are you okay it's like this is also a grown-ass adult and he can also say if he wants me to change the way I'm speaking mm-hmm. uh, meanwhile uh getting interrupted constantly mm-hmm. uh, getting gaslit on my own fucking mm-hmm. shows just like in true insanity mm-hmm. true insanity and it's everywhere mm-hmm. men got balls yeah they got do balls. yeah even ones where it's like um I had a recent interaction with this guy who's like like no shade against short guys, no shade against guys who are not handsome looking. Mm-hmm. But he was like a short, not great looking guy who better have a good personality. Oh, doesn't. Uh, and he came never do. at me in this way. And I thought, even you, even fucking you. Like, this is why women hate men. And I don't hate men, but I thought this is why we go through phases. Do. We go through phases. And especially on this podcast, we hear such horrific stories of 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 specifically man, men's bad behavior and like just so selfish and dickish that I I it's I have to like talk myself out of that. I have to back out of that I phase intentionally agree. of like like being nice to men because I it's agree. not all men at all but the boy the ones that suck suck so much they harder than the women suck, who suck and they don't get fixed no and they don't want to and they just want to carry on and i'm like oh god i want you to be stopped in front of me in front of all everyone you've ever loved to be humiliated <laughs> um yeah what wait i want another question that left me about your personal life or what, what are you doing now are you dating yeah, I have a really great boyfriend who mm. I guess will get married. He wants to get married. You get how long have you been together? Like five years. Oh, nice. oh, oh, oh. Um, and you know there is. It's funny. There are certain men. It's interesting because I think that there are certain attributes that read as feminine, like wanting to get married, mm. like your mind, mm-hmm. right? And you think, oh, that's what girls do, but men do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really, you know, he wants to chain me to his house in a way. See, I find everything, um, almost that men do feminine, but I actually don't find that to be super feminine. Really? I always thought I'm claiming you. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah, I find it like, you know, I feel it like they're like peeing on me, which to me is masculine. Mm. Like Calvin Hobbes Hobbes on a Chevy. Yeah. Maybe that, maybe that's the way to look at it. Is he, you're, you're in your same age range or? We're exactly the same age. Oh, oh, cute. Um, he and my son are best friends. Oh, that's they your love, love, son love each is other. So sweet. I love, I'm obsessed with your kid. He is, but with him, I'm often like, you know, he told this story so insignificant, but he was in school and they had like a some presentation, and some kid part of his presentation was that he brought a baguette in, <laughs> and they passed the baguette around, and all he was like, and you know what I did? I took the biggest piece of the baguette, and I was like, that's man shit. Like, that's some fucking man shit. Right. Like, watch yourself. Yeah. 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 That's how it starts. Don't be greedy. You're in a you're room, and you're to take the biggest piece. Yeah, the entitlement. It is real. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you have that in mind when you, like, uh, you know, raising a son? It's been said a lot, and it's, you know, when you think about it, you're like, yeah, this could be, although don't put the onus on, like, the mothers of sons, but... Um, raising little boys to be 
respectful is like how the future will change. Well, I agree. But one thing that I will also say is that the problem is as the mother of a son, when you get this little son, it's like the only uncomplicated romance you will ever have. It's Aww. just love, love, love. I could cry. That's how I feel about my dad. I get uncomplicated that. yeah. That's so beautiful. love affair. And so you do, you know, I it does become difficult you know, like when men go out and kill people and their mothers are like, my son is in- innocent. He's not a monster. And it's just an inability to reckon with certain behaviors because it is this 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 love this affair, angel. this romance. Yeah. yeah. So I do try to be really cognizant about that because I know that he is in many ways spoiled by my affection. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but you're aware of that. So I think that the damage that it, that could don't be kill possibly do, well, that that could possibly do is probably going to be minimal because because you are aware of it. I, we've seen. I mean, every woman knows a guy that the mother is like, my son can do no wrong. No one is good enough for my son. This is my baby. Don't fucking look at him that way. And you're like, oh my God. Well, the really the really scary thing is that you have to start teaching them. And maybe it's not scary. It's just like a big responsibility. You have to teach them about consent from like age yeah. three because kids mm-hmm. want to touch everybody. Yeah. And they want to, you know, you know, invade your personal space. And yeah. it's, you know, thankfully we're at a point in culture and history when there are consequences for touching someone without their consent but it's like you have to start immediately and I think little girls are not as much like that because every you know there's this great psychological difference between the interiority of women and the exteriority of men it's Mm -hmm. like projection versus the inside yeah yeah um and little boys are grabby and they're you know it's like a that's a real yeah my nephew's had had issues with that and i talked to my brother about that i'm like how do you fucking have that conversation like it's just you have to have it when they're just, really little yeah like you can't like a little boy could grab like a strange woman's t- like a woman that he doesn't know's tits and you're yeah like, Dog, ah, and you're like yeah. you don't want to get mad you don't want to be like fucking what you just assaulted yeah. you know because it's the gravity yeah. of the situation but yeah that's a you got to walk a tightrope with that and like not sexually traumatized somewhere. Right, right. And not make him feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you thought about how you'll handle when it's time for him to like go out into the world and date? people have you um yeah i'm gonna be so fun i'm <laughs> nice. like bring all those girls over it's yeah. so fun i don't think <laughs> i'll be the kind you know i have a best friend who's always like um she has two kids that she had when we were in our 20s and she was always like oh when my kids get older i'm gonna let them fuck in the house and i'm kind of like i don't know i don't that's a little too close i don't to know comfort. about fucking in the house right yeah. just right, go right. do it on a bush like everybody else does yeah or a van right. a, a van. van yeah yeah an uber an uber whatever movies i think yeah. it builds character having to find a place to fuck it, it does. does yeah i agree so, i had yeah. so much sex <laughs> in make it too easy. <laughs> yeah it's fun it makes you appreciate and respect sex yeah well thank you so much for being on the you show guys, with this us. was such a thrill for me it was, <laughs> it was, as for us too. It was so fun <laughs> yay we had a good time um what would you like to promote where can we find you online um say anything um I'm an incredibly disorganized person. So, you know, I don't have a mailing list. I don't have any of those things. Um, listen to the C word on Luminary. It's so We're good. here. We're neighbors. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, you can Google my name up and find out more personal revelations about me. Tons of writing is around. Very that's mysterious. It. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank that's you so why, much. That's why you guys are in your 30s and all your dreams have come true. <laughs> and I'm like... Um, <laughs> 
I've got a sink full of dishes at home. But that, you know what? That's better. You still have things, things right. to do. I'm just sitting around going, should I have a baby? I'm bored. Uh, you know, this I don't is know like do. when I was 15, me and my best friend who said that she was going to let her kids fuck in the house. Right. We made a vow to each other. And that vow was let's save anal sex until we're older. So we have something to look forward to. That was right. Hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I tell people about drugs and stuff. I, I, I go, you're going to need those later. Well, oh, that's why yeah. I'm saving. I'm saving being a psychic medium for like my 60s. Oh, you're going to be incredible. So, and I'm so looking forward to You're going to be incredible. Yeah, that's the thing. Thanks. Save something until you're older. Yeah. Buttholes, psychic yeah. abilities, whatever. Yeah. Think of it now, guys. All right. Well, this has been Guys We Fucked, the anti-slut shaming podcast. We'll talk to you next Friday. Guys We Fucked is presented by Luminary. Created and hosted by Corinne Fisher and Christina Hutchinson. Editing and music coordination by Mike Coscarelli. Theme song by Rob Patterson and Jake Kozen. Suck my wet ass pussy. <laughs> Christina said to cut that before, but now it's in there. Yeah, let's keep it. Who cares? Baby, you're so far away. I'm lying awake, hoping you're doing the same. Maybe if I could see your face, it could take the place of getting your naked. Can I be singing over all of that? Reconnecting me to bend my back. Send me some pics so I got a stash. But when I'm feeling that, you can give me that. I'm there, but never make a check. Know you want me so bad and you need a sip. Let's meet somewhere on the internet so we can get a bit. episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. 
BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. 